Welcome to the After After Show, where we, just a couple of friends, come together and talk about all types of movies, usually unique, all independent, right, well-made. Well-made. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> My name is Tucker Campbell, and I'm joined by... Andrew Gonzalez. Andrew Gonzalez. <laughs> and... <sighs> wait for it. Harrison Davis. Harrison Davis. Uh, this is episode <laughs> Halloween Year 2. Which is really exciting for us because guess what? For all you lovely fans out there, in Beirut, shout out to yeah. Beirut. <laughs> shout out to Beirut. What is it? Forty-two or seventy-five listens? I don't know, but you guys it's are a lot. It's in the seventies, and you know what? Beirut's a good band. It's a great band. It's a great band. So uh, shout out to Beirut, uh, the band, and the city. Because uh, this is year two. This is the second year. We've made a full year of podcasts, sort of, minus the hiatus that we took for a few months. <laughs> but this is the first podcast we're, like, repeating. Like, last year we had a Halloween episode. This year we're going to have a Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited to be here. Um, so what movies are we covering? Well, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and Red Dragon. Three great movies, all featuring the uh, wonderful Hannibal Lecter, the cannibal. So, um, I like how you rhymed. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's nice, right? I really thought that one through. It took a while, but it's good. Thank you, thank you. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Hannibal, the cannibal Lecter. Oh, I like oh, that more. You <laughs> dang it! <laughs> fine, fine. You can take the take it over. Just kidding. It would go nowhere. Uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so before we move on though, and talk about the movie and kind of give our review on it and discuss some questions that we've thought about while uh, watching these movies, let's talk about who we are and how our week's been. You know, just we're a couple of good guys. We want to tell you who we are. So okay, good any, guys. Any good things come up with you guys this week? Like, I don't know. Did you buy a cat? Did you buy a hat? We're just going to keep priming this entire podcast. Andrew. Oh, there we go. Andrew, did you do anything as exciting or more exciting? Anything hat-related? Anything hat-related? No, I did none of those things, nor cat-related. Bat? Dang. Yeah, no bat? bat. Ooh, but surely, I did. I, I watched... Surely you sat. <laughs> he probably did, but I guess what I watched the world, the Royals make it to the World Series, and I've been watching that. So that's, that's oh, got yeah. a bat. Royals, Royals by Lord. <laughs> yeah, I watched Lord go to the World Series because of her Royals song. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also, it was great. I've been doing that too. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty. Epic! Like last Wednesday when we went to the World Series, like we went out and just partied all night. And I, my boss is like, I was with my boss and everything, so it was just a lot of fun. And we were just enjoying ourselves. And he's like, "Don't go to work tomorrow," except for he was lying. We were just joking around. It was sad we had to go to work, but everyone was happy, so it was a lot of cheers and things, cheers and beers. Um, yeah. So anything else exciting? Because Andrew, nothing. Harrison, nothing. 
Nothing that comes up to mind. I've tried to vote, oh. and it's been a real, <laughs> a real pain in the ass. Is the system keeping you down? Yeah, they're making me go to San Marcos if I want to vote. So I think I'm not going to vote. You live in Austin. You should vote in Austin. Well, because I recently you moved. Whatever. I live in Manchac, but apparently this is Hayes. And so since I'm not a resident of Travis County anymore, and I'm not registered to vote in Hayes, I can't. I only can vote a limited ballot. And I have to go to San Marcos, which is like 45 minutes away to do that. To the library? I guess. I have no idea. That's where I have to go to. The tiny library? It's, a, it's not a good library. It's a pretty bad selection. <laughs> well, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about like a unique question of the week or something. So we're going to, because this is a Halloween uh, movie review, we are going to ask the question, what were you most scared of as a kid? Or what was the scariest movie you saw as a kid? Harrison. Uh, I don't know. I didn't watch that many scary movies when I was a kid. Is I intentionally didn't watch it because I hate clowns mm-hmm. to this day. Agreed. Yep, they're terrible. And I knew when I was a kid that that would scare the shit out of me, so I, I never watched it. So we just we just scared off all the clowns from ever watching our podcast. Well, I'm not interested in having them. <laughs> it's a small community, anyway. That's yeah. It's probably a strong one at that. Yeah, wait. So. Do they like? Are there lots of clowns in Beirut? Mm. Is, that, is that a big part of the culture? I don't know. Then we I may. Hope not. I hope there's not a lot of Lebanese clowns. Here's it. Take that back. He doesn't hate clowns. He's just a little scared of them. I hate the clowns. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Clears it up. Uh, Andrew, what was the scariest movie, or uh, what, what was what were you most scared of as a kid? As a kid, I think the scariest movie that I ever saw was. Hmm. It was a good one. You're boring Zacchaeus. Mm. You just get <laughs> out. Out of the frame. Remember when you had this... identity issues earlier this summer? This doesn't help with that. It probably doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Um, I think the scariest movie that I ever saw as a kid <laughs> was uh, Schindler's List. Yeah? Yeah. Why were you watching Schindler's List as a kid? I made a joke, I think, about Jewish people, and my mom, as like sort of a, a punishment, made me watch uh, Schindler's List. That's a terrible punishment. <laughs> I was seven. It was rough. It wow. was terrible. That probably like I remember like morphed you as a child. <laughs> I remember like having nightmares about it because it was so horrifying to watch. Wow. Of course, that's one of Zacchaeus's favorite movies because he is of German descent. Right. The the dachshund. Mm-hmm. That's it. He loves that movie. It's not scary for him at all. <laughs> just it's in his blood. 
it's Sunday, it's you know, we, we're, you know, just trying to relax, and he's like, hey, why, why don't we pop on Schindler's List just, you know, to get something going in the background. I don't, I'm not comfortable with it, but he likes it. Jeez, that is terrible. You should rethink that one. Try to fight back by putting on Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> he must hate Inglorious Bastards. He's not a big fan of Inglorious Bastards. He finds it offensive <laughs> and demeaning. Well, so my, I, we're, I guess we're just going with the movie thing. I, I don't remember like the specific a specific movie that was just like the one that I was most scared of. But I do remember watching Silence of the Lambs when I was younger like pretty young because my father really liked this movie and it was it was pretty creepy as a kid you know especially the end of the movie it's just like this horrifying scene of events and it's just like I don't know if I should be watching this at I don't know eight or nine years old or something whatever how old I was Silence of Lambs was the first movie I ever saw in theaters uh, wow really you saw this in theaters yeah I was a few months old (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was like, how does that work out? <laughs> so you probably weren't watching it at all. You're probably just sitting there sleeping. I if think I was asleep, not. but I was in the theater for Sounds of the Lambs were... <laughs> in a late 1991. That's great. That is wonderful. That was a good year for movies that year. 91, yeah. It's also a great year for being born. That's when I was born. So. I was also born in 91. Anyone who was born <laughs> later than 91 kind of sucks, I think. Yeah, totally agree. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fine. That's Let's fine. talk about I what we're it. drinking. Uh, so uh, I'll begin, because whatever. I'm, I'm drinking a nice Chianti. Yeah. Just kidding, it's actually not. It's a Shiraz. But it's it's still delicious, and it's uh, crafted in Australia. And I've got about half a bottle to go, so I'll finish that by the end of the podcast. Cheers. Harrison, what are you drinking? I am drinking... Sort of horror themed, but also delicious. I guess it's definitely horror themed. This uh, surly darkness, which has like a zombie skull. Ooh, like the red dragon. Oh, they are. Almost. Sort of, yeah, they do. they do. Yeah, it's like a devil thing, I guess. Yeah. They do different artwork for it every year. <laughs> uh, it's cool. one of the highest rated stouts in the world, and it is it's one of the best stouts I've ever had. Nice wow. vanilla notes. It's delicious. I also have half a bottle to go, and we'll finish it by the end of the podcast. Perfect. Good. I'd like to roll. Andrew, so what is your commitment to this podcast? I just have a water. <laughs> oh, that's a really hard one. That's that's going to be tough for you to finish. I really hope Fine. it's like a tall glass. Real it's tall. It's a bottle. Wow. So doing this from your house, so you're less likely to drink a 12-pack of Bud Light? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Less likely. Much less It seems likely. like it's a, probably a better idea, though. I mean, it's safer. You don't have to worry about, like, sobering up before driving yeah. and stuff. I mean, I don't yeah. ever... I think I don't ever think I drove after... I mean, like, immediately after drinking. When right, 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 right. Except, except for when you drank two bottles of wine and it left... Okay, except for that time, and maybe like one other time, I don't think that. I mean, your house is only like a few blocks down, so it's not that bad, right? It's like 20 minutes away. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 20-minute drive. It's not too bad. 
<laughs> it's great. Uh, so anyway, drink responsibly, yeah. everyone. But uh, we're we're enjoying ourselves in our Unless own. Unless you don't want to. Well, you can have fun when you're drinking, but you can still be respectful. 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 <laughs> but we're currently drinking in our own homes, and uh, I'm happy. So let's move on to. We don't have any listener emails because we still haven't gotten to them. But <laughs> I forgot. We are going to get to them. Trust me. We've got a long list. We have already kind of starred the ones that we want to read through because mm -hmm. your subjects are just great and entertaining. The other ones come up with a better subject line, and then maybe we'll get to them. Okay. The problem is we got rid of the the bad ones, and right. we still have like three point four gigs of emails. It's a lot of emails. Yeah. So really backed up. Yeah, so just be patient. Just be patient. We'll, we'll weed through them all and uh, figure out the best of them. So. so let's move on to the movie. So today we're going to review Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and Red Dragon, like I said. And we're going to start with the oldest of them, the original uh, first release. Oldest or eldest? Uh, it's good. Good question. Listeners, can you tweet that at us and tell us which one's I correct? I don't know. So we're not going in story order. We're going in release order. No, we're, we're going to do release order, I think, uh, and we'll figure out, we'll weave them the story together to come to the end. We'll probably loop back around to Silence of the Lambs to just kind of, you know, talk it through. But let's, let's go ahead and start with this one and uh, give ourselves each a rating for what we, we thought. Andrew, do you uh, want to start? Want to begin? Tell us about Silence of the Lambs in your opinion. In my opinion, my rating of Silence of the Lambs, I would give it a 9.352. Nine point three five two. Nice. That is high. I like it, though. And explain, why, why would you give it such a... Uh, Wonderful review. I think well, okay. So like, if I were thinking about like how I feel about Silence of the Lambs in terms of like right now, I don't think I would rate it as high. But I want to like the very first time I saw it, I was like, wow, like this is a really really good movie. Um, over time, because I've seen it like so much, it's not as good for me. But when I think back to that very first time, like it was just stunning. Like I've never seen. I think back to like how scary Anthony Hopkins is as Hannibal Lecter and how, like, convincing he is. Like, I don't think I've ever seen, like, um, a character that is so just, like, manifestly evil than... but still, like, complicated, not just, like, purely bad than, like, Hannibal Lecter is. Um, also, Jodie Foster's performance and the entire, like, the meaning of the title, like, The Silence of the Lambs and... Um, that little, yep. the story that she tells him when she how she tries to rescue the lamb and from being slaughtered. Like I find that whole piece really moving. But what, the very first time I saw this movie, I didn't fully understand it, but I really really loved it. And like I said, as it's going on and I've started to understand it more, it's lost sort of its luster, but I still like it. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, like I'm gonna give this movie like a I don't know nine point. I'm gonna say like a nine. Point two seven nine because I totally agree. Like the f I, I don't like I said I don't really remember when it, the first time I watched it because it was a ki I was a kid, but like 
it stays really like in your mind like it's still a really good movie even like the third or fourth time you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, there are some things like I'm like sometimes Jodie Foster like ah she gets on my nerves like I don't really want to. <laughs> but at the same time, like Anthony Hopkins killer like I just want to watch him hang out the entire movie and just creep people out because he's such this ridiculously well scary character that's just well done by Anthony Hopkins and uh, it just gets you and then you're right at the same time the story is kind of really cool there's this slow progress through trying to find Buffalo Bill and and what's happening how can you the story just unfolds slowly at a time and you, you like really connect with it by the end where this just epic event happens and it's just kind of just intense so it's a really good movie and it just keeps you on edge but at the same time over time like there's little things that I think like you're like ah I really like this one it doesn't hold up or something like that but 9.2 is still really high rating I think it's amazing moving and I would continue to watch it I also I also feel like this movie is sort of like a little bit revolutionary in terms of just like um, the level of like just like weird sexuality that it shows. You know Mm. what I mean? Oh yeah, Um, definitely. (laughs) Because of like this scene where Buffalo Bill like where he tucks his genitals between his legs Mm -hmm. in his basement, like that part is like if you think about the time that this movie is released, like it's 1991, it's early 90s. Like this is sort of edgy. Like and even the part where. What's his name? The guy that's in his prison cell when he like he ejaculates and he throws oh, yeah. it onto yeah, yeah, yeah. he throws it onto Jodie Foster's things. Like that's sort of like a very like now that seems sort of tame in terms of like what you see in movies like Nymphomaniac. But like in '91, like that's sort of an edgy place to go. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that too. There's the the whole like women molesting, like, just really, vic- the victim is all about, like, women. And the same thing with Jodie Foster, like, she's been victimized in scenes, too, so there's a lot of that weird, progressive, like, totally immoral side of this movie that is is uh, a weird, unique pre- presentation in 1991, so, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, Harrison, what, is, what about you? What is your, like, review of uh, Silence of the Lambs? Uh, yeah, I still like it a lot. Like Andrew, I've seen this movie ten times now. But I, I think it's still good. It doesn't scare me as much as it did, you know, the first few times I saw it. Yeah, I'd give it a 9.143. Just, like, walked it down. 9.3 one one. Sure. Yeah, no. Um, overall, though, I think we'd all agree we we would continue to watch this movie again. You know, it's not like one of those where you watch it once or twice and then it's just done for you. Mm-hmm. There's still yeah. gonna be some intriguing reason to watch this movie because it's just it's just so odd and so engaging. So. so while we're on the subject of like what was edgy in '91, a lot of people because at the time, like. Uh, people that were transsexual is like less accepted than they are now. And so a lot of people in that community were upset by there being like a villain in a movie. Oh, that makes sense. That does make sense. I mean, there was, I think there was, I can't remember where exactly I read it, but there, not only that, but there was also some like national women organizations talking about how this movie just was way too out there. And, 
and just showed women as victims. They had no control, and like every like that one scene where Jodie Foster goes to to meet the family of. Uh, of Bill, uh, Buffalo Bill's like latest victim or something like that. It was they were surrounded by just male police officers and they just mm-hmm. looked scared at her for being an FBI agent. They're like, "What are you doing here?" So like everything about this movie that was like super into this obviously victim or uh, villain. Just I don't know. There's definitely some some uh, progressive and odd things. So. But I think at the same time, like, Jodie Foster combats that, like, her character does by being, like, she's aware of, like, those social norms or, like, what is expected of her as a woman and that she's, like, fighting an uphill battle. But she combats that by being, like, very, like, cunning and witting, like, just as yeah. cunning as, almost just as cunning as, like, Dr. Lecter is. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, no, uh, there is there's definitely that side to where Jodie Foster does combat that. She is supposed to be the anti-victim. She is showing that, like, you know, there are ways. I, I don't think it's just not that she's trying to, like, prove that women are, like, I don't know, defense or defenseless. Is that what I'm thinking of? But um, I'm just saying, like, she definitely has that anti-victim vibe where she's like, I'm not going to be put down by these men that are above me or whatever, even though people are using her like her her uh, boss, I don't remember his name, but he was, you know, using her to get to, to Lecter and his information. Still. She's so, like, even keel the whole movie. Like, I never see her really lose her cool no matter, like, how disgusting things get or no matter, like, how she's treated by the the people around her. Yeah. Definitely. So let's talk about um, the 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 concept of like asking a killer to track a killer, and and at first it feels really weird to me because it's just like you're using someone else who who's already like put off crazy. Like, why would you trust some person? But Hannibal Lecter is just this really intelligent and knowledgeable person that seems to be resourceful so clearly it's it's a really good play by them but what are y'all's opinions on the concept of like using uh, another serial killer or maybe just a mastermind in, in their own an anti-mastermind or whatever you want to call it um, to use to get information, the resource it works I'm sure <laughs> they do it in real life I mean the FBI yeah, pretty much do whatever needs to be done. Yeah, totally agree. Except for it's just so weird to me. Like, it 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 definitely happens, I'm sure. But like thinking back, it's just like we're asking this crazy person who doesn't even let himself talk to the person who's studying studying him for past eight years, give us information on where. We we should go next. You know, trust was another weird thing too. Like you have to try to kind of almost befriend someone to sort of draw some information from them. Like why Jodie Foster doing that? Not Jodie. Uh, Clarice Starling doing that as a like befriending uh, Hannibal to get information, which is kind of weird. I don't know if would you guys ever do that? Well, I mean, you can see that. Like, it, I mean, it is risky because both times they come to him, both in like. Red Dragon and in uh, in Silence of the Lambs, he like he plays them to benefit himself. Um, 
I don't know if that's ever happened in real life. I just don't have the experience to, to, to speak to that. But, I mean, we were talking off mic about Frank Abagnale, and the the character that Leonardo DiCaprio plays in Catch If Can. Um, and that's sort of like what happens with him in that movie is he's like this master check fraud and you know, once they catch him, they bring him on, and the FBI hires him to make checks that are like you can't. They can't be. What what am I? What word am I looking for here? You can't. Uh, can't duplicate them. I don't yeah, know. you can't duplicate them. You can't fake it. I don't know how to. You can't manipulate can't them. So you came up with new security measures for checks. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that worked out there because that I mean I mean that was implemented all over the place after after he helped them. So I mean the oh you know part of the check technology that we have now. I mean obviously not a lot of people use checks, but a lot of that was due to Frank Abagnale. Um, I don't know though if I would be so trusting of Hannibal or of of a murderer in terms of like catching another murderer. Yeah, definitely. So the, the other thing, though, is this movie, you they turn Hannibal Lecter into this, like, anti-hero because of all of these, like, conversations he had. Like, you really admire him for his his brain, his resource, like, how he thinks and how he processes. Like, you know he's five steps ahead of you, but at the same time, like, you want to think that you can keep up with him. But, like, yeah. this, like Jodie Foster is never on the same level. Like, he's always knows the answer, but he's just not going to give it to her without playing, like, cat and mouse. It's kind of this, like, quid pro quo. You know, they would, they would do that conversation where, like, I'll give you something if you give me something back. Like, it's yeah. it's a, something you really admire for. So, like, definitely, I I think he's one of the best anti-heroes in any cinematic movie just because of the way he's positioned and is. So... <laughs> We've just hit a, a wall here. That wasn't a wall. It was more like you guys decided not to say a thing. Well, let's, okay, let's okay. talk I, about I, this I, one. I'm, I'm right. Wait, wait, what? No, no, no. Keep going. If you have something to talk about anti-hero, you can. I mean, not really about anti-hero, but I just wanted to say like... Well, I was going to bring up music, you know. My favorite. Okay, okay. Let, let's go to the music and then we'll do my thing after we do the music. Okay, so I just wrote this down when I was watching this movie this last time. I just remember getting really annoyed by some of the mu music cuts. For some reason, I just felt like it was more intense than it needed to be, or it was just like trying to be this, that dramatic horror film when it just was pointless. Like... You should have just been silent when walking in to see Hannibal Lecter staring at you, watching you walk in front of him, instead of this like weird, dramatic, I don't know, orchestra in the background. Except for the, there is some tie in the fact that like Hannibal is really does like that, like really good classical music that just makes you think. So, so maybe there's some connection there. But other than that, there is some really weird, awkward, trying to be horror film music going on and I, I can't give you too many good examples because I just remember writing that down and just like yeah that's so right I totally agree but I don't know if you guys disagree with I me I don't know all. if I would classify this as a, um, a horror film I'd call it more of like a like a suspense I wouldn't yeah it's a, it's thriller, a type thriller for sure yeah I didn't even summarize this movie but people you you know what Silence of the Lambs <laughs> Yeah, the music just wasn't memorable to me at all. Like, I can't think of it. 
Is there yeah. like a, a constant theme that goes throughout? Because I genuinely cannot think of the music. No, I really. Well. It's not. It's not that it's like a constant theme. It, that's that's part of it too. Is it's not memorable. It's not some amazing score that's like holy crap. I'm really drawn in because of the music. You know, sometimes music really adds to a movie. But I feel like this one almost distracted me. I mean, maybe the first couple of times I didn't realize it because it just whatever, it's not memorable, but now when I was kind of analyzing more about the movie, I just remember getting distracted by it. So next time you watch the movie, think about the music and see if you're distracted or you feel like it just doesn't fit or something, and let me know because I, I don't know. wasn't a big fan for some reason. Was it the music itself that you didn't like or was it Jonathan Demme's use of the music that you didn't like? I, I don't know. Maybe I, I can't tell you because, I, like I said, I just kind of wrote it down and didn't put too much detail to it so it could have been just the cutting it could have been the actual music um, the score who knows nonetheless I'm going to have to give it another listen and uh, and check that out we'll get back to you mm-hmm. but let's also talk about how the fact that this movie won the top 5 Academy Awards mm-hmm. so you know actor, actress screenplay, direction best movie uh, so that's that's quite the. Uh, we talked about that. Do you remember we had that conversation, Harrison? Maybe we talk about Oscar winners a lot. Oh, well, I mean, we do, but we <laughs> talked about that, like how there have only been like yeah, three, only, there's three, only a couple. three films in the history of the Academy that have done that, like swept all five. Like, what are they? It's like one flew of the cuckoo's nest, and it happened one night. Or what's the other one? Ooh, I can't remember. Return of the King, do it. No, it happened one night. Yeah, it happened one night. Boom, got it, nailed it. You got it, you got it. Points for you, Andrew. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's well-deserved that this movie absolutely... I don't know what it was running against, because, I mean, I didn't look that up, but that's a good thing. Well, that's true. Look at the Oscars from that year. There's like nothing. The year before, though, is killer. The year before is like Goodfellas, uh, Dances with Wolves. Um, I don't even like to think about ninety. Awakenings. You know, I think Dances with Godfather. Wolves over Goodfellas is. I mean, I I go with Goodfellas. I mean, it's also like Godfather yeah. three. I think is in that same year, which is just a piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but the the year with uh, Silence of the Lambs. Lambs, like Silence of the Lambs, is easily the best movie that year. Like by far, there's nothing good that year. I don't even remember what else it is. Tucker, can you look it up? Uh, 1990. I think it's 90. It's, I think it's, it's, it's the 64th, the 64th Academy Awards. I think. How do you know the number? 60. Because this is my job. Okay, <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> That's insane. This is Best Films in 91, 64th Academy Awards. Andrew, me and you really got to fuck with some trivia sometime soon. You're wrong, actually. It's You're looking for the 63rd, mind. I lied to you. Uh, let's see. Best Picture. We had Beauty and the Beast. We had uh, JFK, The Prince oh, I of hate Tides. JFK. We had Bugs, Bugsy. See, garbage they hear. <laughs> this is a bad year, yeah. <laughs> Those are the movies we had in the option. And then Silence of the Lambs. So, I mean, it was just, like, clear. clear. We had, for Best Actress, we had Thelma and Louise. Ugh. Rambling Rose. 
uh, for the boys and another Thelma and Louise. Uh, I'm embarrassed to have been born in 1991. <laughs> we were it's just a like, terrible year. <laughs> about that year, and now we're just trashing it. Uh, yeah, no, it's not not a great year for sure. There's mostly just Bugsy and Thelma and Louise, and we yeah, we lost Andrew for a second. But the show must go on. What so, happened? We lost you for a second. You cut out. You cut out. I didn't cut out. You cut out. No, it's you. Harrison and I were just hanging out here. You were gone. So hang out live fail for you. But let's move on to Hannibal. We've, we've, we'll probably get back to... No, no, no. Silence. I just want to say something real quick about Silence of the Lambs. Okay, I okay, an- Another thing that this film I thought did a really good job on was just like capitalizing on like a bunch of different fears that we as humans have. You know what I mean? Give us an example. Like okay, so I mean, I'm gonna give you an example of like some of them. Like the um the the scene at the very end. Like people are afraid of the dark, right? Yes. I'm afraid of the dark. I mean, like the it just knowing that something, the possibility that something is in the dark and is like hunting you. Like when she's in that basement and she doesn't have the night vision goggles, and Buffalo Bill does. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's like walk. She's walking around. She's trying to find it. Like that scene is very suspenseful, and it. No, not even that you suspect that something is trying to hurt you. you I didn't hear any of that. Well, I heard, didn't hear the last part, but yeah, no, I agree <laughs> with you that the no, that, that seriously scene. that was really good. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. Yeah, there's the last part, like where it's like you're in the dark, and then all of a sudden you're just like boom, cut. But uh, no, I, we understand like, that's true. The cannibalism. Right, yeah. and he like. I don't know. If, I don't know. If people like really connect with that. They're like, "Oh no, I'm so scared for cannibals to come eat." That doesn't bother you though, like on a. That on a bothers me, but I don't think about that. I'm like, not scared of cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're gonna get eaten, you've already been killed by that point. So, like, who cares? Yeah, like I'm not that scared. Freaks, that... that freaks me out. Is okay. That the idea of it happening ever is is weird to think about, but like the possibility is just so not there, really. So I'm not freaked out about it, and like it doesn't scare me. But something didn't bother you though, like on a, like a basic level that like humans would be like possible. I mean, uh, like they would be like capable of doing that type of thing. It's happened before. Yeah, I don't know if it it bothers me as much as other thing, you know, though it's happened, it's just so not common, you know, as common as like just someone killing for no reason, and and whatnot, like walking away, just killing and walking away, like that. That's more scary to me than someone being like, "I'm going to eat you," because it's just not. I just don't think it's gonna happen ever. But the it, but, eating thing, eating other people. No, I know what happens, but I'm just saying, like, you. I, it, it's not going to happen to me though, unless like. I don't know. I'm just like on an island of cannibals because that's just maybe the only place they have left. I don't. I don't know. But also at the time, that, I mean, going back to what Harrison said, like at the time that this movie was released, like just like people that have like uh like sexual like uh philias, you know what I mean? Like they're they're like paraphilias, like weird sexual things. Like I mean, not weird, but just like uncommon sexual inclination. Yeah. Like Buffalo Bill has at the time. Like it does definitely paint like a negative stigma for trans. Because up until that time, I don't know if there are like trans people in movies, like maybe like Rocky Horror Picture Show, but that's really bizarre. Um, yeah. After the, it's Tootsie, but not really. Tootsie, yeah, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> also, Tootsie is such a good movie. 
I thought it was going to be stupid, but it's actually a really good movie. Okay, stay in your lane. <laughs> um, also, uh, the insect thing, the, when they, the, how Buffalo Bill's really into the moths, um, being kidnapped, you know, when the girl's kidnapped constantly. Yes, I am scared of being kidnapped. Is that what you said? <laughs> I am scared of being kidnapped constantly. Like, when I come home late, I think about that scene. Like I don't know, it just freaks me out. I'm just like a nervous person, though. Like in general, I think. I you know, like I I think I used to be a little bit like that too. Where I like as a kid, I remember. Oh, my, okay. No, I'm sorry. I'm not calling you like childish. Like oh, <laughs> yeah. Like when I was a baby, I was. A baby. <laughs> I was about to say that too. Like I was ready to be kidnapped when I was like ten. <laughs> yeah. At this point, like I don't understand what anyone would have to gain by kidnapping me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, there's I have no value. It's not like it matters. No, but it's, so it's true though. As a kid though, which is weird because there's like that that age where you were just so confident you don't care. Like you does nothing phases you. But then there's a few years where like everything is just so scary. Where there's a is possibility. that supposed to happen? Because I've never felt like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I still get scared of things too. Like, I don't. There's, there's things like every once in a while, I'm like, holy crap! I'm in pitch dark, and it's out. I'm outside. Someone could have a, a, a switchblade on the corner and and be ready to attack me for no reason. But I don't know why. Like, that's the other thing that I always think back to. And it's like, why would anyone want to kill me right now? Is it because I'm? It's only because I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time, or because they have a purpose? Like they actually want to kill me, and so it's yeah. Really but that's, that's part of like that's part of fear, though. Is like some of it is like irrational. Yeah, like it's not like if, if you like legitimate fears are, are not fears are like concerns, but like fears are sort of irrational things. That's yeah. That's so true. Uh, I don't know. So I guess for me. It's a mental thing. I'm just like pushing past the the irrational side, even though it still is scary in the back of my mind sometimes. Like when I turn off the light at night, I'm like, holy crap, is there something in my closet? I don't know. But it's it's not it's not as a big of a deal to me, I guess, anymore. That's like where I live. In your closet? You live no, in the closet? I don't live in the closet. <laughs> you should come out of the closet. I mean, just like in general, just being like afraid of things all the time. Yeah. Like, I get up in the middle of the night in my apartment even, which is very small, to go get a glass of water from the kitchen. Even walk in the dark, walking from my room to the kitchen is like a, it's a scary thing for me. Oh, man. In, okay, so I will, I will say this. Like, I remember, you know, like, in a big house, it's scary to me. Like, in a small place, I feel like in my own apartment, like three rooms max. I don't I don't wouldn't be scared. But like in a big house where you have to go so far across maybe many dark rooms and there's there's like how big is the house? Statistically, I mean I'm I'm talking about like uh, just a <laughs> two story house like Mandy's place for example, our friend a friend in Austin and stuff like that. Like her house is creepy like creepy, it's got creaky like staircases mm -hmm. and so when everything's turned off and you're walking across it in my head I'm thinking like statistically I have to go a lot farther than I would in a small apartment therefore That's true. the odds are a lot higher than someone being around one of these corners whereas in a small apartment I only have to go around one corner and it's only like 20 feet versus 150 feet or something. I don't know. So, like, that's the way I calculate, which is probably a near terrible way to calculate the way of getting killed. Like, I should probably just be like, uh, I'm going to ki get killed or not going to get killed or something. I don't, I don't know why. rationalize it that way. I'm just, like, afraid all the time. Just constantly scared. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe it's good. I feel like there's there's good good things and bad things that can come from that because it's like if you're scared all the time. Actually, this is a great point though because if you're scared all the time, can you enjoy? Doesn't it take away from like enjoying life a little bit because you're you're constantly worrying about things that could happen to you and you're not gonna maybe do something like you're not gonna go get that glass of water at night, Andrew. And you're not gonna get get some your hydration and all of a sudden. You are dying. <laughs> no, I think that's absolutely true. Like they say, like some people make like, uh, like bad soldiers. Mm-hmm. People, certain people make bad soldiers because if you are someone that is like afraid constantly or is like creative in terms of like the possibilities that can happen to you if you take certain actions, then yeah. you'd be a bad soldier because you're sitting there in the middle of a war zone and you're thinking about the millions of ways that you could be killed. Like you could step on a mine or somebody could snipe you from far away or you could get hit by a bomb or you know all these different things happen. But if you're just like – if you're not that person that's not – you know typically anxious or like perpetually nervous then yeah. you're just there and you're not wor- you're not thinking about those things yeah, I don't ever think about anything like that yeah see here's, an, here's I feel another, like if yeah. something like that happened that's just shitty luck there's nothing I could have done about it so that's, why worry about that's it so true and this is a point that I think really kind of I mean, it's a weird way to represent it but like a person who's really confident at speeding going down the highway, like really just going, I don't care if there's cops around, it's because they don't think about it. They don't, they don't think about like someone being there to like punish them. It's just like, I'm going to do this because I, I'm just going to do it. Whereas another person who's really paranoid, you know, is constantly trying to, to avoid it, but they still put them, like, there's the, for some reason. I only think about cops being there when I see one. Yeah, see, like. They don't ship as a cop. I think that they're everywhere all the time, which is, you I know... I think the cops are never anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> See, that's, that's the true side. Like, yeah. I'm thinking, like, if I were to ever drive under the influence, which I never have, ever, <laughs> if I were to ever do that, I imagine that if I were driving under the influence, I would be very paranoid the entire time, thinking, you know, is somebody out there that's going to see me and notice me and think, you know, maybe that guy is, you know, he's well, got so something maybe, going on. Maybe there's some things that are beneficial to that because then you choose to be more precautious when those situations occur and you're like, I got to focus or whatever it may be. So maybe there's some good good to that because otherwise you would be yeah. reckless and something, I don't know, terrible. Yeah. I always <laughs> feel like I got to focus and then it's going to be fine. Like, no, yeah. no notice. But I will. Go ahead. Andrew. He's talking to his dog. <laughs> There's one time I did think I was getting pulled over after I had <laughs> yeah, right. drinks. And uh, I wasn't. It was a car behind me that I couldn't see. And this was a black car. I could only see the lights, like two cars behind me. But I thought it was right behind me. And uh, like I really wasn't that scared. I was just like, took a deep breath. I was like, all right. In the zone, let's pretend like this isn't as bad as it is. And that was it. I would have the opposite reaction. I would start crying. You just break no. down. I just like got filled with like confidence. Like put my keys on the dash. It was like, all right, I can handle this. I can get out of here. Yep, that's that's gee, which that's has got good. me out of tickets before. I, guess. Just, I got pulled over for speeding, and the cop asked me, and I was like, I oh, was I speeding? And he was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, sorry about that. And just like acted totally fine and like admitted I did. And he's like, all right, well, 
No, don't do it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, see, that's also a little bit of luck, but yeah, that's that's cool. And I do uh, I speed every day of my life, and I've gotten one speeding ticket ever, and that's why like, I'm not afraid of stuff. Because nothing happens, really. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah, I think there is a, a point to confidence. Confidence is a different thing versus like this irrational fear thing. Let's move on, and let's talk about the uh, the next movie in this... Well, that came out around Hannibal Lecter, uh, which is called Hannibal, and it came out in 2001, uh, directed by a different director from, from Silence of the Lambs. And we don't really need to know him because it doesn't matter. He's a but, main uh, director, though. Radley Scott. Ridley Radley Scott. Scott. Yeah, that's what I meant. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Hannibal is uh, currently... Who wrote the aforementioned, uh, directed the aforementioned Thelma and Louise. Oh, there you go. Yeah. True. yeah. Fun fact. Um, so, Hannibal is now living in exile, and... Uh, it reconnects a little bit with uh, Clary Starling, our FBI agent, but who's not played by Jodie Foster anymore, but who's now played by Julianne Moore. Uh, I roll. <laughs> Serious <laughs> eye roll. Hannibal Lecter, though, is still played by the amazing character actor Anthony Hopkins. Actually, he's not really a character actor. I feel like he's got some full main character actors, too, so whatever. They find themselves reconnecting a little bit, kind of talking about... Uh, where they've been and the case that that Clary Starling's been working on, but also the fact that there is a new character that we meet, Hannibal Lecter's only victim to survive, and who is hunting Hannibal for revenge. That's the big point of this movie. So, mm -hmm. pretty unique story. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one. I'll go ahead and admit that this is my least favorite out of the three that we're reviewing. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I just uh, not not so great. I mean, the idea I guess is kind of interesting, you know, a victim coming after Hannibal and whatnot and I don't know. I don't really like how it it develops, so I really don't have too much to talk about this movie, but I'll just give it a I'm gonna give it a 4.6. Ouch. 7.3. Yeah, it's pretty low. You know, I'm not even going to give it a 50. But what yeah. do you guys say? What is your rating on this movie? Let's say like a 3.62. I did not like this movie at all. Yeah. Andrew, what was your rating on this one? <sighs> Keep them waiting. I think like I want to see like a four point oh 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 four point oh 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 okay I like it oh gotcha so uh, one thing though about this movie that we brought up off mic is the crazy character actor Gary Oldman and his oh my gosh yeah amazing ridiculously intense characteristic of Mason Verger, which is the victim and only surviving victim of Hannibal Lecter and his kind of... one of his first victims, right? I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was one of his first victims and uh, had him cut up his own face. After he took a popper. And then yeah. 
fed it to the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Fed his face to his dog, which is just ugh. Ugh, terrible. Really bad. Um, but this entire movie, you meet him, and you tell he's just gone insane. Also, I don't know how he's so rich. I don't. Do they ever explain? Because he's like a, a bajillionaire, sort of, and he's just got all the money in the world to be spending $500,000 on a Hannibal Lecter mask. He's like a child rapist, too. Oh, that's true. I think he's just like, it's like familial wealth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's I right. I think that I might think have been that mentioned is... that it was an inheritance. Yeah. That's right. But still, that, he's insanely rich, and he does absolutely nothing with his life besides buy collectibles from, from the doctor who kind of helped Hannibal, or didn't help, but like assisted Hannibal, mm-hmm. whatever, back in the day. And, uh, and just... Please. Spends all the money in the world on trying to find and kill Hannibal Lecter in the most gruesome way with these trained pogs that have been like conditioned to to kill on scream like anyone screaming. Yeah, that was weird. Those are that was so weird. But uh, I mean, hey, I, I don't understand the point. Like, do you understand? Is there like a connection there that I just didn't I didn't get? Like, why why is it hogs? Like, is it just because they're just like this gross animal that is supposed to be just destroying a gross, gross animal or something. Maybe to him it seems worse than being fed to the dog. Maybe, yeah. He's like one up again. But those things were massive too. They were intense. But, but yeah, in the, the end though, it's a fairly simple man, his assistant, that doctor that uh, of uh, the victim, I already forgot his name, yeah. Of Mason Vergers. Oh, the doctor. Jeez, he was just treated horribly. And imagine being a doctor for the richest guy who's also, like, the most ugliest person because of just the a terrible crime. <laughs> well, I mean, he's terribly ugly. I mean, it's a terrible reason, too, that he's so ugly. But nonetheless, like, that's your day and night is to be this doctor to this person and to care for him. I, could you guys do that? Because I couldn't do it. No. that verbal abuse, I guess. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like he's he's just a terrible person. I and loved hearing him say is it Cordell. <laughs> yeah. I I just don't know if I can handle it. But nonetheless, so Gary Oldman, great job. Like I will go ahead and give give him uh, an encore or something or a little applause for that. But other than that, I don't know, this movie didn't have too much to, to offer. I will say this: this movie was ten years was ten years after Silence of the Lambs. That's that's the, in the line of the story. And we, sorry, whatever. We meet uh, Hannibal, <laughs> and uh, he has is so much money. And this is one of the questions I wrote down when watching. Like I I don't remember. I think it was this one that I wrote this down. But I was like, how do these escape murderers murderers like? It's so much money and resource, like especially in this case. And at the end of Silence of the Lambs, he, like he had traveled to Mexico to to hunt down his his previous like doctor who had been working on the psychologist that was working on him. He was like, in Mexico. I it was it? Dominican Republic. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. Dominican, I think. Well, we're all over the place, but nonetheless, uh, that was my question that I wanted to answer because I don't understand it. How do they get so much money? And it must have well, just no, been. I guess the, he's in. He's in Italy. He goes to Italy after the Dominican Republic, right? Yeah. We're right, yeah. This this movie is set in Italy. 
Hannibal. And then it comes back to the U.S. Right. It's a lot of international travel. Yes. He's got all the money. He looked like he was doing fine in Italy, and he'd been living there for a while, it seemed like. Yeah, he was there for a couple years for sure. He he was like a a, a collector, or he worked at a museum and sold art pieces. He was a member of society. Yeah. And no one recognized him except for that one guy who finally figured it out by searching him on the FBI database. And that was only after he knew that the FBI was looking for him. Yeah. Right, right. After they called. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Hannibal became quite the. I feel like a very affluent person. He's been going. He was going to like classical uh, operas and and all sorts of different things. And that's how the the movie opened. Was like. Was it an opera or was it? It was just no. It was just an orchestra. Like that was were, Red Devil. Uh, see, there you go. You think of Red oh. Dragon? Red Dragon. I'm sorry. Well, uh, yeah. So he did go to an opera in Hannibal, though. Mm-hmm. He was at the same opera as Patsy. Ah, oh, yes, that's right. My last question, though, for this movie, I'd say, is is the very end, which is just also ridiculous. <laughs> But when he Crazy. he becomes a surgeon and is able to uh, cut off a top the top of a skull and really out of skull take brain from someone's head while they're still functioning and feed it to him to to him after like you know cooking it on a little skillet that's just that was weird. This, so weird. So so. I don't weird. like Ray Liotta that much, but I would not wish that upon him. <laughs> I would hope. I, I would not wish that upon anyone. I don't think. Ray Liotta's character in this movie sucked. Yeah, he did. That's that's true. He was he was terrible. His true personality came out like when he, uh, you know, at the very end when he was drugged and super drugged. Yeah. Just an idiot. Descold almost. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Well, his true character came out when he agreed to frame Cl- Clarice. Oh, right. That's so true. he can get money. Do you think he's, like, entirely an evil person, though? Or Hannibal Hannibal is? Because he does, like... No. At the very no. end, he has that chance to, like, cut off Clarice's arm instead of his it. arm. Yeah, but he cuts his own. He cuts his own. I think, so... And, and he says this in a couple of movies. Like, he only kills bad people. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like I, I really don't and that's that goes into his anti-hero thing. Like sure he's a murderer, sure he's doing these really, really disgusting, horrific things to people, but at the same time, he's also doing it for sort of a there's a motive to it. Like there's these terrible people that he just is like, I'm gonna kill you because except for except for that one uh in, in Red Dragon, that's a little bit different. Which one? Well, the, the guy at the very beginning where, you know, he... Killed him so he could improve the orchestra. That was a yeah. bad flute player. No, 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 sorry. It wasn't It wasn't the very beginning, though. It was... It was terrible. The, the guy who who gets away from from it all. Like, uh, he he found out who Hannibal Lecter was and they tried to kill each other. Like, he had to, he was killing because he found out who he was. The yeah, exactly. That's true. I guess like that movie just like moves further like that 
Redmond, though, I guess it like moves further away from the Hannibal story, and it's more about like Edward Norton. So I don't know if like everything that happens in that movie is necessarily like true to the Hannibal character. Yeah. Because I do feel like I don't know. I feel like he has like a moral compass, but it's like a warped sense of reality, a warped sense of morality. Yeah, but I guess it also if you are a murderer and you are committing these t- horrific crimes, you kind of have to kill anyone who comes in your way. But you're not. You don't want to. Like it's one of those it's like like self-preservation. Right. Right. So that that's just the only reason why that happens. So there's know. that tiny little hiccup. Have you seen Dexter? I don't know. Do you see like parallel? Oh, do you yeah. see parallels between Dexter? Like, it, I mean, Absolutely. Dexter's obviously very different because he's doing it in from like a sense of like vigilantism. Like yeah. he kills people that. Are, are guilty, but I don't know if Hannibal Lecter is killing these people because they're bad, but it, are the things that they've done worthy of death? I don't think so. No, in Red Dragon, he kills a guy for being a bad flute player. I mean, like, excluding Red Dragon, <laughs> from what happened in, like, Hannibal and, and in... Uh, I mean, we don't know uh, his other victims, like his the, the, the nine or so victims that he had before... So I don't I don't know what they were all killed for, and I feel like maybe some uh, of them. I've also I've been watching the TV show Hannibal. Oh yeah, how is that? It's actually really good. Nice. Uh, but that also it doesn't. Well, I've only seen like five episodes, but it doesn't really deal. Sort of like the movies don't they don't deal as much with who Hannibal is killing. It's mm. sort of implied several times in the series that he's feeding. You know, humans to other people. I like, mm. you know, he has them over for dinner. Oh man, that dinner party in the movie <laughs> Dragon Oh, and you know they're eating the flute play. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, things like that are sort of implied, but it's also it's more about. I think the whole series is more about Hannibal as a psychologist than as a killer. Which is cool because that's the part that you admire so much in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, and he's a genius. Yeah, exactly. So, which is I I should I kind of want to watch that a little bit. I thought about watching a couple of episodes, but I it's didn't. really good. That's they, cool. They show stuff that you would not think they would be able to show on uh, NBC. Really, dang! It's very graphic. Jeez, is it a late night show or something? Is is that why they're able? I to think show? they put it on sort of late, like nine, ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. I'll have to look it up. It's really good though. Let's let's go ahead and since we've already started talking about Red Dragon, let's go ahead and move on to to Red Dragon, um, which definitely uh, I'm gonna give this movie like a I'd say like a seven point eight maybe seven point six seven eight something like that just because it's a good movie I liked it um, not nearly as superior as Silence of the Lambs but I really like it was still entertaining it was different. It was it was also kind of this mix between Hannibal Lecter and The Tooth Fairy, which is a another movie um, in, done in the past. Tooth Fairy is a featured m- murderer in another movie, if you didn't know. And so that's kind of cool. That they put this. I did not. Please inform us. Tiger. Yeah, that's the thing. I looked, I've, I found this out, but uh, I'll, I'll look up the movie title again while you guys go ahead and Are give us a read. Uh, Manhunter? Yeah, Manhunter. That's the one. Yeah. Go Hannibal. That's also a Hannibal Lecter movie. Well, I thought it was more focused around Tooth Fairy. Is what I've what I got. I didn't see the movie. So. I didn't. It has Hannibal Lecter in the movie, though. Yeah. See, I think that one's the, like main focus. Was, though. Well, clearly this movie is kind of main. It was focus. the first. Are you talking one? about the the Tooth Fairy one with The Rock? Oh, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I misunderstood. Okay, got it. I got it now. I, I mean, I don't see the connection, but I think that Red Dragon is an improvement. 
I don't know. I don't know. I really liked the Tooth Fairy. The Rock killed it on that one. And, and yeah, Hannibal he was a football player who was given a small child to take care of. Is that correct? <laughs> I think that's, that's No, no, no. He wasn't a plot. football. I thought he wasn't a football character. He was like a CIA or FBI agent or something, right? I, thought, I think you're thinking of the pacifier. Oh, dang it, I am. <laughs> yeah, Starring Vin Diesel. That's Vin Diesel. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a different movie. <laughs> Wrong, but sorry. I really am getting all these movies mixed up. I mean, it's essentially the same movie with different <laughs> yes. possessions. But. Basically, yeah. It really is. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, well, no, yeah, manslaughter is what I was thinking of, and I, that one is is mainly focused on the tooth fairy, which this one this one has a lot of tooth fairy in it, obviously, which is kind of how all of these. Hannibal Lecter movies are like he's like in the background just like helping them figure out the case which sucks because you always want to see more of them but uh, yeah what did you guys think of this movie so give us a review Andrew Harrison I would say a 7.521 okay that's good stuff Harrison what about you good not great I'd give it a 7.777 ah I like it I like it I liked it, and Edward Norton is one of my favorite actors. I think he's uh, pretty much always good. And yeah. he's good in this. Yeah, what definitely. What is he been? He's in... Fight Club. Fight Club. He's in Moonrise Kingdom. He's in Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm-hmm. He's in... I feel like I've seen him in something else recently. I'm trying to think of like the good ones though. I'm looking at the list. Um, the Italian Job. Um, I don't know, but nonetheless, let's let's talk about Red Dragon. And yes, Edward Norton was was fantastic in this movie. Um, this this movie is following. Is, is very similar to, to Silence of the Lambs because they're tracking down the Tooth Fairy, which is the the big murderer they're, they're trying yeah. to figure out. Um, but it's Edward Norton who is the FBI agent who's kind of doing all the work to try to figure it out. The case versus uh, our Starling, FBI Starling. Um, and so the Tooth Fairy is this mysterious serial killer, and Hannibal Lecter, of course, is the Helping along to kind of aid the process a little bit, but it's I know the big Edward Norton Edward Norton movie. Forgot American History X. Oh yeah, that's it. There you go. Also, he went to Yale. Really? Yeah. Oh. Very impressive. Edward Norton has some brains. Wow. Has some brains. Hopefully, Hannibal Lecter doesn't eat them. But um, he might. He didn't. He didn't. But he could have. Just to bring back the TV show for a second, uh, the TV show is a prequel to Red Dragon, and Edward Norton's character, Will Graham, is the main character of the TV show. Oh. That's before he knew that Hannibal Lecter was a killer, and it goes back to right before the beginning of the movie when he was just like his friend that would help him out on cases and things like that. That's interesting. Yeah, so, so Red Dragon, that's, that's a good point to say. Red Dragon is actually set before Silence of the Lambs. This is before... Hannibal Lecter was caught and and put in jail or pri- imprisoned. Well, the and first two minutes or before yeah, the like five minutes. Of the <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's true. But still, it was also before uh, we ever met. The events of uh, Silence of the Lambs takes place. Right. There's no the clue. Very end, the, the very end, we we hear her like being called upon. Yeah. 
So that's where they start. But uh, yeah, let's go into this movie. Let's talk about this crazy red let's dragon. To. Let's talk about this. Cra- let's talk to uh, the red dragon. Uh, that was a sweet tattoo. Yeah, you gonna get one? You I would get, one get it. I'm sure that was like, crazy expensive. Yeah. Oh, I bet that was a huge, it was huge, and very intricate. Yeah, dang. And that that the craziest part is that that tattoo made him, you know, this. Monster. Yes, a, a more superior to humans. Like yeah. not a human, he morphed into something else. Almost, he was trying to become. What was it? Uh, I can't remember. Man, I don't either. Okay. I should have written this down. But nonetheless, like this old satanic god being yeah. thing that was kind of what he worshipped and tried to become um, and so it spoke to him and, and told him who to kill basically mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like sitting and thinking about this he, um, he didn't want to kill them yeah there was a couple yeah, there was, well there was that one girl that he started to see they yes, the blind girl. There, but she's weird. She was weird. She was weird, yeah. You know, she was just trying to connect with them. It's the, the cool thing about that. <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing about that is that you know the very end where it's the the scene. We're jumping to the end already, but the very end where you know she, everything's going to hell. The the house is on fire, and she's sitting here, and she's about to get shot by the shotgun, and and he's just like, I I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, and then like he shoots. Something in you it implies it's him, and all of a sudden, wait a minute, it's not the end of the movie. I really like that twist, and it kind yeah, of... Yeah, I didn't see that twist coming. Yeah, and it, it, it plays to the Silence of the Lamb twist, which is great, too, which we didn't even come up with or talk too much about, but it's like... The, they thought he was dead on top of the elevator. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, had, he was just sitting there, but it turns out it wasn't him. It was... He so got away. Top. Yeah, there's a great, there's some great twists. I like that a lot, and uh, it's kind of cool that they played. No twists in Hannibal. No twists in Hannibal. No. Shitty boring. Just push them off into the the pit of hogs and let's call it quits. Yeah. So. No, that that was great though. Um, epic scene at the end. Yeah, this movie keeps you going. Plus, Edward Norton. Let's get back to him. He's the entire movie is just really good at what he does. So it's just like kind of cool to watch him do his thing and try to process material and slowly figure out more and more of the case. Um, this one's a little bit different because we don't. There's only that one scene where it's like after the whole house is blown up and stuff. Also, can we just the house blowing up? I don't know why movies have to make houses blow up so yeah, often. That but was like, a little bit crazy. That like that was ridiculous. Like. That's a bomb exploding. Wasn't it just gas in there? Maybe gas, but like, still, it wouldn't have exploded that much. No, it was just gas. It just would have burned. It would have been like a really big fire. Yeah, it was. It was a little cinematically inaccurate, but whatever. Hey, it's a movie. But um, but yeah, Edward Norton. It's too bad he didn't figure it out before the house explodes. Just like uh, Starling didn't know she had stumbled upon uh, Buffalo Bill when she did. Yeah. So, I really, yeah, I like the connections a lot. Clearly, I guess time maybe was the reason why I feel like The Silence of the Lambs was was maybe considered better, just because it it's a classic now. 
Whereas Red Dragon's never going to con- be considered a classic because it's trying to like follow up on on what Silence of the Lamb was. Two thousand two, right? Yeah, two thousand two. Well, October fourth, two thousand two is what I have. <laughs> but, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, that's definitely right. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, because yeah, it wouldn't be the same year. Hannibal was two thousand one. That's what it was that I was thinking of. Yeah. Why do that? Just like as a franchise, like take such a huge break between the first one and the second one, but then do number two and three so close together. The second, well, Red Dragon, the book came out, you know, before any of them. It was the first book. Uh, But like the Hannibal, I don't know why they made that one before Red Dragon. But uh, like the book came out like two years before the movie. So that might be one of those that might be a classic like Jurassic Park situation where they just wrote the book so they can make the movie out of it yeah. as quickly as possible. Yeah. Well, also the screenplay was written... The same person who wrote the screenplay for Silence of the Lambs wrote Red Dragon, whereas Hannibal was a little bit different. It was a different... So... Hannibal's just like I, the ugly stepsister. It really is like they just just. It's weird because the director of Hannibal, Ridley Scott, I usually good think director, much better than Brett Radner who directed Red Dragon, who's mostly terrible. <laughs> yep. The uh, Tower Heist sucked, and Rush Hour sucks. I love Tower Heist. I I hate it. I mean Red Dragon. I mean Rush Hour. I will give you that one, but I like Tower Heist. And he had horrible bosses, and that was also very bad. Yep, not great. I didn't but, like t- you like Tower Heist? I love Tower Heist. It's not good at all. I, what are you talking about? I love Tower Heist so much. Ferrari with solid gold. I know it's ridiculous, but I I don't know. I just I'm a big Alan Alda fan. I feel like he's a nice guy. Plus, Eddie Murphy is really funny in that movie. Is he though? <laughs> yes. Well, Harrison doesn't like it because Harrison doesn't like Eddie Murphy. So oh, I got no problem with Eddie Murphy. Okay. There's a problem where he, I mean, the part where he talks about the lesbians. Oh, they got nice titties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How they make love. <laughs> Soft and gentle. Yes. He likes it. Yes. That's, that's that a good scene. That part is so funny. Well. Uh, yeah, let's go back to Red Dragon. So, no, that was a quick minute review of Tower Heights. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker, have you seen it? Do you have, do you have anything to weigh in? I haven't seen it, so I really... And you don't have HBO. Oh. <laughs> I apologize. I've seen it. Seen it. Maybe There's I should watch it. Where it was on HBO all the time. Yeah, I watched I've seen it. I'm not even kidding. I even watched it on the plane when I went what to Spain movie? in the rain. Ooh. Oh, bring it back! back. Um, but I watched it. Over, I'm I'm not even kidding. I've probably seen Tower Heist like as many times as I've seen Silence of the Lambs. But so it's just like Tower Heist. This is weird. It's for some reason when I first read it, I was like, "Is this trading places or trading? Yeah, trading places." But oh. it's it's definitely not because well, it just says victim to wealthy businessmen. So now, was, trading places I've seen a lot. No, I, I like love Trading Places. Trading Places is a great movie. I've seen it probably 15 times. No, it's a great movie. Great movie. Also, Eddie Murphy. It's old, but it still holds up. It's like 30 years old. 
No, it's great. And it also has a great switch at the end, and you know, like it, it's a it's a great sequence of events. So makes you feel I, good. The first time I saw it, I loved the punchline that the whole bet was for a dollar. Oh yeah, that made me laugh. <laughs> oh jeez, man, when you have the money, you know, you don't want to risk it. One dollar, it's all the bet needs it to be. It's good they didn't risk it because they lost it all. This is at the very end. <laughs> jeez. And then Eddie Murphy got that money for real. We should do that. We should review <laughs> training places. Training places. <laughs> and Tower Heights. We'll do it together. <laughs> Eddie Murphy then and now. <laughs> I think it holds up. I think Eddie Murphy's funny. I don't know. I haven't seen recent Eddie Murphy at you all. You want to throw Daddy, Day- Daddy Daycare in there? I think Daddy Daycare is a decent movie. It's not great. It's it's okay. It's just because you love Jeff Garland. I do so much. <laughs> Like, I woke up this morning, and I saw, like, my podcast alert came on. It was like, there's a new By the Way, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I listened to it in my bed immediately when I woke up. That's ridiculous. I do uh, that with you talking you two to me. You talking you two? I won't even get out of bed. Yes. <laughs> great. We should do a podcast podcast review. That'd be great. There's no need. You talking you two to me is it's the height of the format. All right, fine. So, now that we've covered these three movies, we've gone off topic, we've had a lot of fun, we've drank some wine, we've drank some beer, we've drank some wait, water. Wait. We can't finish yet. I'm not finished yet. I'm almost finished. So finish by the... I'm close. We, we said we were finishing. This is what I have left, so... Well, we're finishing the podcast in the Chuck, next... Chuck, you want to chug real quick? Ooh, that's Chuck. Andrew, close us out while we chug. Go. All right, wait, let's cheers the camera. Okay, cheers. All right. Andrew, close. What do you want? Thank you for listening to the show today. The end. Well, that was a terrible close. Finished by the end of the podcast. And that was that was terrible, Andrew. <laughs> I forgot how we close. Yeah, thanks for listening to the After After Show. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Oh, there it is. That's how we do it. Yeah, you know... Find us I've on been putting an outro tag on the end of episodes that I've edited, that I recorded. email addresses. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. But Harrison will close this out. But still, you guys There'll are There will be post-theme songs. So. There will be some post-theme theme song work and uh, some wrap-ups. We've talked about a lot of random stuff in this. We've talked about, you know, Silence of the Lamb a decent amount. We did not talk about Hannibal almost a any amount because it was just not so great. We all agree. Shit movie, yeah. Look, I'm and, holding him like a baby. And Zacchaeus is the exclusive Andrew, guest. Andrew, make him jack up. <laughs> and uh, there you go. That's how you gotta go. <laughs> uh, we gotta finish this one out. Yeah, Andrew talks, so we do on the big screen. This is a messy podcast, but uh, yes, thanks for joining us. Uh, Red Dragon is great too. The, uh, in case I don't appreciate you throwing it in my face <laughs> like a reference to Silence of the Lambs but still yeah it's a Silence of the Lambs reference it's a great reference <laughs> also a disgusting reference but yes Steph, um, that, that's it catch us next time for another movie podcast I guess we're about to decide what that is true to that bye everyone bye bye like to reach us we are at after after show on twitter and after after show podcast at gmail.com
If you want to hear more from us, stuff can be found at afteraftershow.wordpress.com. We would greatly appreciate ratings and reviews on iTunes. So uh, thanks for listening.